This week's episode of Legends of Gotham is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash Gotham. I thought we were friends, Harvey. Shut up! Game's over. Now I gotta kill you and take your body back to Falcone and beg! Beg him for mercy! Listen to me. I screwed up, but I have a plan to make things right. Don't kill me. Help me. You think I'm an idiot? Jim! Hey, Jim! Welcome to Legends of Gotham, <laughs> where we talk about Fox's hit series, Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. How you doing, Anne-Marie? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. I I, I, I crept into shot this week. I kind of want to uh, go, hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. <laughs> I, I, not nearly as creepy as the guy who actually played it, unfortunately. No, not at all. But I... I Real, really good episode this week. Um, yeah. Many are saying probably the best episode ever. Well, ever you know, we're only on what seven, mm-hmm. so yeah, okay, I'll give them that. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But I, you know, we're gonna have the main discussion as True. we normally do for this week's episode, Penguin's Umbrella. Mm-hmm. But before Ella, we do, Hey, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Easily distracted. I, I, I'm sure there have been many people singing that song in relation to this episode already. Yeah, there have. We, we were fortunate enough to be able to uh, connect uh, with one of the cast members. Connect. 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 With one of the cast members with some questions. Hey, Emery, you want to intro this? Okay. I'd like you to intro this. Yeah, I know you would like me to intro this. <laughs> so um, this week we have a special interview with our good buddy, friend of the show, and fantastic Victoria Cartagena. I think I said yeah. it right. Cartagena or Cartagena? Cartagena? Yeah, we listened to the recording of her We're really bad at pronouncing times. things. I'm yes, so sorry. Terribly bad at pronouncing terribly things. Terribly bad at last names. But, I, for, but for, yay, Vicky. I know. We're, we're very excited. <laughs> Actually, I, I think I see her coming down the way there. Oh, 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 oh. there she Vicky. is. Hold on. Hold on. There she is. Uh, for people who are listening to the listening, audio version, we have, yeah, we have an overlay of Victoria here. I might be petting her hair. It's, it's possible. <laughs> but uh, we, for people who are watching the live video, we're still going to hang out here. Uh, we, we'll actually be able to look at chat a little bit. This is a, a, a bit of a long piece, about seven and a half minutes pre-recorded interview uh, with uh, Renee Montoya herself. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get started with that right now. Were you familiar with Montoya before being cast? I wasn't familiar with Montoya before uh, being a part of of Gotham. I found out about her once I was uh, cast in the role. And I chose not to read the comics while I was shooting the pilot because I wanted to be introduced to her as Bruno Heller. The creator and the writers introduced her to me. Uh, But after the pilot, I have a cousin who's a a fanboy, and he um, told me a little about her. And... I uh, googled her and just found that she was so fascinating that I, I needed to get to know her more. And so I started with the Gotham Central and have since uh, moved on to 52. How was she presented to you? What appealed to you as an actress about the character? Uh, Renee was uh, presented to me in the pilot as a very smart, um, driven and, and passionate detective who uh, was in recovery and was still in love with her ex who is engaged to a man who she thinks is corrupt um, and what appealed to me as an actress was the, the fact that you know that 
yeah, she's this dedicated cop, and and you're given a, a hint about a dark past that she has. So, you know, you're reading it, and and you're reading the script, and you know that this is a character um, that's not just going to be a one-dimensional character. She has a lot going on at work and in her personal life, and um, it's all interconnected, and, and it can really be fleshed out and explored in a really interesting way. What is your process for memorizing scenes? My process for memorizing lines, I wish it was more interesting uh, process, but uh, I usually just read the scene over and over and eventually it sinks in. What kind of stuff did you work on before Gotham? I went to acting school, uh, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, and uh, did a little theater at school. And when I uh, graduated uh, for the, after uh, like for two, two straight years, I did a lot of off, off, off 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 broadway stuff um that you get um from backstage and that was pretty much it because then i um got an agent and, and went straight into doing television and i shot about uh, three pilots not including gotham that um only one of them was picked up it was called the bedford diaries and it only lasted like eight episodes into the first season um so after that i did all the new york guest starring shows um like I done um, Unforgettable, uh, Blue Bloods, uh, The Good Wife, Elementary, SVU, anyone I could uh, that they would allow me to be a part of, and and yeah, that was basically it for Gotham. We saw you've been reading Fifty Two. Are you liking Montoya's journey? What part of it excites you the most as somebody playing the character? So yes, I have started reading Fifty Two. I'm only at the very beginning um, where Renee. Um, just meets a Vic Stage, Vic Stage, the original question, and he's asked her to do some surveillance at a warehouse or something. Um, for what I understand or what I've read so far, it seems that she's hit rock bottom, and I may be wrong. It may not be her bottom. Maybe she has more to go. But um, um, she, you know, she's lost her professional partner, Crispus Allen, and feels a tremendous amount of guilt about that. She's been drinking heavily and so much that her life partner, Daria Hernandez, has left her, and we know that her parents has, have disowned her. So at, at this point, she's, you know, she's go, gone through and is going through all a tremendous amount of guilt, sadness, grief, and, and anger. Um, and it's just, it's just so darn interesting to read. It, it's, it's quite a journey that, um, and I find myself like loving her more as I get to know her um, better and really, really rooting for her. And you know what's most exciting uh, for someone um, playing the, the character is that there, you know, there's so much material to choose from if the writers um, want to go that route. Um, uh, also, uh, just reading the comics has made me such a, a huge Renee Montoya fan, and I have so much respect for her. And and I have to tip my hat out to the writers who created and wrote for her, like Rucka and Jeff Johns, because they've just handled her beautifully what shows are you watching right now all right so i watch way too much tv and um people are like how do you have the time to do it so i i found that i like to watch tv as i'm running on my treadmill so that's why i have the time to do it um so uh here goes okay so uh, orphan black because uh tatiana Maslany is a genius and it's just an amazing fun show the walking dead uh game of thrones uh derek Orange is the New Black, American Horror Story, The Bates Motel, uh, The Fall, Getting On, which is on HBO. I love it so much. It's Laurie Metcalf. It's hilarious. I loved her for so long since Roseanne, and she's just uh, 
I adore her. Brilliant to watch. You're from Philly. Most people would ask you your favorite cheesesteak. We're going to ask you what your favorite pizza shop was instead. So there are two places that my family ordered from. My personal favorite was Little Sicily, which was located on in South Philly on, on Delaware Avenue, which now is Columbus Boulevard, but will forever be Delaware Avenue to me. And uh, the other place was uh, um, uh, the pizza place on 7th Street, 7th and Morris, which we called the 7th Street Pizza because, well, it was on 7th Street. And I don't even know if it was that the 7th Street Pizza was better than Little Sicily, but this is like a time before the internet. And so, um, you know, you didn't have, we all had yellow pages and that's how you got your pizza place. So in my house, the yellow pages, it was just always missing. So, um, 7th Street had this just annoying commercial, horrendous, with this jingle for their phone number. And it would just stick in your head. So it would be like, 755-990 is the pizza place. So um, uh, you just it'd be in your head. So when you order pizza and you couldn't find the yellow pages, you just hummed a little jingle and you called them. So, um, yeah, that's the place. And now you know why I also don't do musicals. Um, and so as long as we're on the topic, um, cheesesteaks. I'm not sure what the best is, but if you're going to choose between uh, two of the most famous places in Philly, uh, Geno's or Pat's, I would definitely say Pat's. What's been the most challenging scene to shoot so far? The most uh, challenging scene for me to shoot so far was in the a scene in the Balloon Man um, when the MCU pays a visit to Fish Mooney, and it's just mostly because I'm a huge uh, Jada Pinkett Smith fan, and I have been forever, and and I'm also just in awe of what she's doing with this character i really really enjoy it and um you know I, I i kept getting nervous but i knew that you know montoya would not be nervous or she would not show it like i would so i had to keep giving myself a good talking to before each take and uh yeah i survived it Plus, she's really nice and lovely so it was great and it all turned out well anything else so thank you so much guys for um for talking with me and allowing me to chat. Uh, you guys are awesome. I've listened to a few of your podcasts and um, <laughs> I get a hoot out of it. So thank you, Bill and Anne-Marie, and I look forward to talking to you guys. Bye. The end. Da, da, da. <laughs> thank you very much, Victoria. Yay, thank you. Yay. I'm going to pet your hair. That was so great. And uh, yeah, uh, a few things I, I just want to bring up. One, yeah, definitely anytime you want, you want to chat with us, feel free. It Absolutely. would be great if we could get her some time for like a, to join us in a hangout or something to actually, you know, get a back and forth going. Uh, yeah, that but, would be fun to not have to do the pre-recorded. Yeah, because yeah, it, it does, it, you know, no matter what you do with that, it is going to feel uh, a, a little awkward. Um, Years. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, someone just uh, IM me in the chat room here. They asked if we could a- ask her uh, about her favorite movies, too. Unfortunately, we don't have her here. She is Again, not really here. Yeah, even though it looks like she is right here. Like she's right but, uh, you know, that'll be, that would be something that would be great if we ever uh, managed to uh, get a hangout with her or something. I guess maybe we'll have to talk to the people at Warner Brothers. We'll have to talk that. to the people. Try and figure it out. Uh, but thank you so much, Victoria. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, let's see here. Okay, well, I guess we should. Oh, wait. No, oh, I oh. had a couple other things I wanted to 
to mention okay. here. Okay, mention things. Okay, first off, in her email where uh, she sent us her answers and everything, mm-hmm. as well as in the message itself, uh, she thanked us for allowing her to be on our show. <laughs> Thank you no, for no. being on Thank our show. You. Our, Thank our, you. Our little little podunk podcast here. Um, I, I loved her singing the jingle. It, uh-huh. it, like you could tell it was just something <laughs> she'd done like a billion, billion times. Uh, as far as uh, the, the cheesesteak controversy, I preferred Gino's just because I always went down to South Street anyway. So it was easier and it was a nice walk. I could walk off the cheesesteak on the way back uh, uh, to my apartment See, I'm a Pittsburgh girl, so I'm a Permanis. Fair enough. Forget yeah. the pizza. Give us a Permanis. All it's about is, is eating uh, the right uh, combination of sandwiches to give you a, yourself a heart attack. Sure. Let's know? do it. Make I mean, it that, that's the Pennsylvania way. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Let's see here. So um, Scrapple in Lancaster. Oh, and I also liked uh, that she mentioned that, uh, you know, for the pilot and everything, they, she did, really didn't look at much of the source material because I, I, one of my favorite directors I had when I was a theater kid back in the day would never let us watch any adaptations <gasps> yes. uh, before, uh, before yes. like we were to do it because they didn't want us stealing Influenced. stuff from uh, the, the performers and everything. But uh, let's see here. Okay, well, why don't we go ahead and get into the discussion for this week's episode, Penguin's Umbrella. And thank you again, Vicky. Thank you, Vicky. <clears throat> okay. Who wants to kill our good pal Jimmy G? Who doesn't is quicker to answer, you see? Who sends a killer after a cop? The same man who's tending to chickens nonstop. Does love conquer all? Conquer all? Penguin has his thoughts. Will he make his point before Maroney's man clots? Snitches get stitches. Is that true for this fella? Not when he's holding penguin's umbrella i really want to like pick up this umbrella. penguin's umbrella it's right behind you look out ah! oh my gosh if i'd have realized <laughs> yeah yep yep yeah, your lighting's all bad now though who needs to see me i have an umbrella <laughs> there how's that i, I it's like reflective. it reflective i like it <laughs> i just don't show the logo of the lighting company on the back got it <laughs> sold okay so overall uh, amory what did you think I loved it. You did? Loved it, loved mm-hmm. it, loved it. So much fun. Like everybody's been saying, it just keeps getting better. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, you just when you go, they can't get much better than this. Yeah. They do. Well, I remember back on episode two, we were like, finally, they found their stride and we're good to go from here. And no, it just... It ev- just kept striding. Every week, the quality just doubles. Yeah. It's insane. It's awesome. But uh, you know what? I, I just want to go ahead and get into the discussion because it, it was right. such a good episode. Let's make it happen. Uh, first, and uh, this, this is... Uh, uh, it was kind of the headline in the episode too, a bit. Uh, but Victor Zaz, uh, the famous Batman villain, makes I was his... about to say he's famous, right? Yes, I've never heard of him. He, he's a he's a pretty big uh, <laughs> Batman villain, more popular in recent years, I think, than previously. I think uh, the first big play he got might have been in Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum book back in the eighties. Oh, okay, yes, uh, mm-hmm, that one. Trying to educate, trying to That's educate. Okay. No, but I I thought they there it was a really good take on him. I I know he does have an aversion to guns in the comics and he very much didn't Did in this episode i i saw some people complaining about that so i'm sure there's probably a story somewhere in the future about why, why he gets he the aversion like guns. to guns, or yeah. you know, story possibility there. I, I did think it was interesting that he was able to just completely clear out that police station, no problem whatsoever. Go ahead. He said, "Please." He did say, "Please." No, it was please. Please, please. That dude was so psycho. Yeah, I love. Okay, it. why are all the crazies bald? 
I don't know. I think, have you noticed that? I well, it's it's a known fact that uh, people keep sanity in their hair, and the less hair you have, so you're more getting crazy- crazier. Yes, uh, the more hair I lose, the more <laughs> crazy I get. That's verified fact. Verified fact. Nice. Okay, sorry. I just noticed. I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, many shows that I watch, the crazy villainy character is mm-hmm. bald and bicked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. In so, yeah. Lex too, Lex yeah. Luthor. Uh, but I, I just uh, – I kind of wonder uh, – there's, there's two possibilities for how he was able to clean it out so easy. Uh, well, I mean obviously one possibility is everyone was just scared of him. Um, uh, yeah. But I kind of got the impression that – because people let him in and let him kind of have, have a carte blanche and climb up on the desk before he even identified himself or that he was working with Falcone. So I don't think it was a he, – he's associated – he's Falcone's guy, let him be kind of thing. Like I, I think he must have a reputation for something – in Gotham, at no, this it's point. the way he walked in. You think it was the way he walked? He in? walked in so confident. Mm-hmm. I'd have just gone. Here. Just squirreled back away. He's gonna go back here. I, I loved his henchman, by the way, in the like the S and M gear. It was, it was, yeah. It, it, it felt, it felt like the henchman from the old Batman TV show because they always had like similarly, like the Penguin would have a bunch of eight guys all in the same t-shirt kind of thing. Oh, okay. You know, so so that was pretty cool too. Uh but yeah, I'm kind of wondering what why he has the reputation he he does if that's the case. Like you think it was more of a presence thing though. Mm, yeah, I think it was his presence. Well, he definitely had presence. That's that's for sure. I mean, he just he took command. Mm-hmm. Like why would you question him? Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I did like how uh, Captain Essen was even going to stay there with Jim. Even especially after she just said, "I'm not going to help you." I'm not going to help you. No one will Uh, help you, not even me. mm -hmm. But she was she was the only cop who stayed there. Yeah, yeah. After all that, she was the captain. I I did think it was interesting too, because as was kind of implied in this episode, not outright stated. Every time he kills somebody, he cut he he puts a tick mark on himself, right? And he only had twenty eight at this point. Which yes, I mean, only 28. That's 20, nothing. In the real world, 28 is a large number to, <laughs> of people to have killed. But in the comics, he has like hundreds, hundreds all over every inch of his body. Well, this is the past. I know. It's early days. It's early days. But I, 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 th- I think the, reason, the only reason that number seems low to me is because I'm working on the assumption, and like we said before, you're not, that, <laughs> that uh, he has a reputation within Gotham. And I'm like... 28 people, a mobster killing 28 people, that doesn't necessarily garner, garner you that big of a reputation. 28 people for a mobster, I think, I think we've seen, uh, you know, one of Maroney's guys kill that many people. Yeah. They almost killed that many nuns this episode. The nun wall. The nun wall. The nuns. Uh, Which was perfect because, you know, a good Italian boy isn't going to run over nuns. No, sure. no, neither of those men were run, <laughs> would run over a nun. Um, actually, most of the villains are italian um <laughs> but i don't know oh you don't i don't i've, I've lost it sorry we started talking That's italian what, and nuns well why don't you uh, we go ahead and dig in on uh jim and barbara like you wanted to yeah they're just to completely switch gears <laughs> um okay hold on. this umbrella's gotta go yeah i was gonna say how long are you, how long is she gonna keep the umbrella up i there? was giving it a good shot i'll bring it back when we talk about the big one maybe <laughs> um i I don't understand the relationship. I know, like, I think it was last week I was like, I love them. They're wonderful. Mm-hmm. But now Barbara's just getting a little bit annoying. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like- Barbara, please get on this bus and go save yourself. Mm-hmm. 
Barbara comes running back <laughs> and goes to Falcone. Yeah, I think I, I think I said to you uh, last night uh, yeah. during uh, my rewatch, your first watch, uh, something along the lines of the only thing that the Barbara character does is make decisions that put Jim's life in danger. Seriously, like that, I mean, he even said to the point that don't come after she's like you know what if you don't come don't mm-hmm. ever come back to gotham do not ever come back to gotham doop, 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 <laughs> back to gotham yeah and it definitely feels like that that first scene with uh oh what's his name frankie frankie yeah and then the later one with zaz and it falcone's place and everything it definitely just feels like she's she's just like the de facto damsel in distress like princess peach had more gusto about her <laughs> she really did but, but I mean, what are they well, gonna I'm, give her what's she gonna do throw mm-hmm. money at him yeah but it, what's her defense right now yeah it's it's just it feels like like the character could have more to do like or could then have let's have her talk to montoya more because mm-hmm. that's where she actually had like something going on so, something engaging yes like can we talk about the fact that she was getting high in the middle of the day in that one <laughs> episode four episodes ago or whatever i i would i, I would feel like, like that needs to come sorry I no, I, th- I think uh, it would be nice if uh, Montoya came over and they just had like one entire half episode of them just sitting around getting baked in that apartment and looking at the clock and questioning the nature of time. <laughs> that would be a really good episode, I think. It would be. It just wouldn't really. Hashtag clock, clock episode. Tweet attack Gotham right now. No. The, no. This is your mission. Do not. <laughs> do not do that. Um. Yeah. That's that's what I had. <laughs> yeah, they could do a little thinking. They they could, you, you're, like, like, ah. you're like shocked. Where do we go from I don't, there? Like, I, do I, don't, from I there? don't know where to go. No, but I definitely think uh, they they could give Barbara a little more to do. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, hopefully they will. Yeah, maybe that's really what it is. It's just like mm-hmm. I like the actress. I like the way she plays mm-hmm. the character. Oh, definitely. I see so much potential. Mm-hmm. Can we do something with this, please? Yeah, and I mean, in one sense, uh, based on what we know of the character in the comic, it's probably a doomed character character but at the same time like if if she her death is going to have an impact on the audience i mean obviously it'll have an impact on the gordon character because i mean montoya yeah and montoya because uh they're in have been and are in relationships but in order for it to have any sort of impact uh from the audience besides finally (laughs) like it would be nice if we just got a little bit more I, I don't know some some positive stuff going Barbara's way, but then again, I have posited that maybe she's up to something too. Doesn't she have to have a baby before we can kill her off? Pro- most likely, most likely. <laughs> I'm like that's the only thing. I'm just like, wait a minute. I know. In, unless unless he has the baby with uh, Sarah Essen later on down the line, and they name it after her or something. Oh. I could see that too. Oh. But that's not how it went down in the comics. But she already. She even said she already has a fa- she has a family. Oh, did, oh yeah, she did, didn't She's she? She's like, I do what I got to do. I have a family. That, that that's very true. That's very true. Maybe maybe they won't be exploring that that pathway. This is only season one. Yeah, first half. There, there's plenty plenty of time to lose that family. There's plenty of time for uh, Victor's ass to come in and add a couple more marks on his arm. There. Okay. Oh, Asin! <laughs> Asin! Okay, uh, next up, uh, we should probably talk about there was a pretty big moment in this episode uh, yes. towards the end there that 
completely retextualized the entire series up to this point. Yeah, basically. We know why Penguin was so confident when he came back out of that river. <laughs> you know, we yeah. like it just it, it completely changed the way you look at the entire series. The fact that him and Falcone have been Plan in on it entire, together. No, the Penguin really has been in on the entire thing. Yeah, he 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 obviously he was the originator of the plan, but uh, Falcone's been in on it with him for a while now, or at least like the surface plan. <laughs> Like, I think I think it's kind of like it has Falcone's blessing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Falcone did his one little bit, and now literally the this I think at the very end was the first time the two of them had spoken. Yes, yeah, so, so, and, and I I went back and looked, and in case when I was scrubbing through, unless I when I was scrubbing through the episode, I missed it. it. We never really got that scene at all, like not even a hint of that scene in the pilot episode. Oh. Of, of the scene between them mm-hmm. but uh, a, a very very interesting reveal yeah i uh, loved it though oh for, for sure i loved it for sure and i i, I also uh okay now i i oh. it i know the penguin the penguin uh he he seems very committed to this whole falcone thing but he's also very committed to himself and he seems like he he's always seemed like one of his main motivations is to get what fish wanted because he wanted what fish wanted he wanted the power he wanted mm-hmm. gotham right okay so that i what i think that means is he's going to be just like with how he is with maroni right now he's going to be falcone's best friend until he doesn't need to be anymore yep and as as we saw in this episode his big sort of twist on the classic love conquers all mm-hmm. phrase where it's love gives me the your love gives me the ability to conquer you yeah i started thinking well what does falcone love and, and there chickens were, he does love chickens and i actually have a point about that later on oh, in the episode sorry. oh no it's fine but uh in it, it comes across in the scene between falcone and jim towards the end of the episode but i, I think the thing falcone loves most of all and fish thinks it's his mom and all that but it's actually gotham city oh, gotham okay. city is his, his true love and I think the reason he's so okay with letting Jim live and the reason that the Penguin so e- easily convinces him about everything is because he sees in Jim Gordon someone who could help him protect Gotham City. You know, and, and, and he doesn't want it to descend into anarchy like he says right. in the episode and everything. So I think the only way that the Penguin could def- – based on the whole love conquers all concept that he used to kill Maroney's second command, I the only – thing that he has to strike falcone with is gotham so i think what is going to end up happening when he gets ready to take things over or take over falcone's empire Mm -hmm. he's going to try and burn gotham to the ground i think the penguin's going to go after gotham interesting i i i would i could see that as like a season finale maybe do uh fans of the comics will know what i'm talking about sort of a, a no man's land scenario or something where the penguin just completely anarchy wrecks the city and they shut it down like it, it's a classic uh, storyline from the comic books that uh the penguin was heavily involved in uh where basically there's an earthquake and uh the federal government shuts down the city no one can go in no one can go out oh. and and batman's left there with like arkham asylums everyone's been let out of arkham asylum the criminal like they, there's it, everything's being run by gangs like the police are gangs and everything mm. like they have 
police tags like GCPD or whatever, like on the wall and stuff. That's weird. So I, I, th- I think that could be definitely be a direction we could see later on this season. I hope so. Yeah, we could. Oh, yeah, we could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I have with that is like you say he's OK with letting Jim live, but he says to the penguin. Maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's the only because re- obviously there's that doubt in his mind. Like, should I be allowing this? Mm. Yeah. And that's the only thing that's keeping is that he sees in Jim somebody he can get under his thumb, you know, just send Zaz after Barbara every once in a while and kind of take control of the city. Are you that cold? I'm right under the vent. Oh, wow. It's freezing. <laughs> I'm I'm Eskimoed up in my blanket. Sorry over about here. that. It's Sorry. the lights in here. It's the lights in here. I have not been hot from the lights uh, in months. Well, you know, es- Eskimos <laughs> were known for eating fish. Uh, and you had a point about fish here, right? So. <laughs> that was a beautiful transition. Thank you. It's like Thank I wrote you. it for you. Um, okay, so the scenes with Fish and Falcone and Fish and Maroney. Mm-hmm. I love it. F- Falcone telling Fish, now you go over to Maroney and you ask him nicely for the penguin back <laughs> ask him nicely fish mm. like i don't know i just love the way like he's treating her mm-hmm. because i mean we're really just just now getting how how she's not the top yeah yeah and it definitely in the pilot it appeared that she was kind of she was she, she was at least level with maroney or, and falcone or, so, or like like a sketch under or something yeah like she's that. not she's pretty low mm-hmm. level yeah, yeah, but w- with a lot of aspirations and a decent amount of, of sway and power. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, sway, but now her backup's gone. Yeah, so there's that. True. But then the next thing when she's, you know, over at, with Maroney, and you can tell when she's got her fake on, mm-hmm. kind of, um, you won't bite him, will you? And she just gives this look like, mm, I might <laughs> bite him. Maybe. Maybe. I, 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 by the way, I love Maroney. Like, I love he, Maroney. He is just such a great actor. He's so entertaining to watch uh-huh. and everything. Uh-huh. And his, the accent, too, is great. And I'm not sure if that's the actor's a- actual accent or not. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, just and um, I had a couple things. One of them, well, I can't actually read my entire quote from my notes <laughs> due to language. But oh, um, Jada was amazing this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't feel... I know, like, some of her scenes have felt a little overacted. Yeah. Not excessively, just a little bit. This did not feel that way at all. This mm-hmm. was just, like, amazing and very intriguing and captivating and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. I did notice the uh, little funny things, but I, I want to address it a little bit later on. Okay. Yeah, it's just a little tease there. Just a All little right. tease there. So some things I noticed about Jada's performance. Okay. Um, my only other thing with those scenes was all of Penguin's sarcastic responses and the fact that Maroon is completely <laughs> entertained by them because oh yeah, you can't not know that they're sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that I did that to you, fish. Smack. <laughs> Smack. Yeah, and it's one of those things too. It's it's one of those kind of classic scenarios where kind of kind of the the big leader guy Maroney mm-hmm. keeps the the kind of sniveling sycophant around just because he entertains them, you know. And uh-huh. he, he has a good idea a good idea every once in a while, a but good idea. a good idea for Penguin anyway. Okay, uh, well we'll get back into the main discussion in just a minute here, but first uh, it's time once again for look at this Joker. Look at this Joker. Joker. He's kind of there. He's wearing bells on his hat. 
and he has underwear. Look at this Joker. Joker. This is a look at this Joker where every week we take a look at the possible uh, Joker candidates, Easter eggs, clues, etc. in every episode of Gotham. And we've been doing it since the beginning. We have the pilot here, Selena Kyle. We didn't have anything last week because it was kind of weak. But this week had something very intriguing, and uh, it, it actually takes place in that uh, scene you were talking about, Anne Marie. No, it's not. But I liked this scene too. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, you were talking about the other scene. But in, in the scene uh, on the waterfront where Maroni and Falcone make nice, uh, uh, basically uh, there's a, a a deal that's made. And uh, if you remember a couple weeks back in Arkham, we got a description of a waste disposal site uh, that uh, was around Arkham. And in this episode, uh, Maroney offers Falcone Indian Hill, which is a to- toxic waste dump on top of an Indian burial ground. Uh, now, this could be the same site that was mentioned in Arkham, or it could be a different one, but it definitely sounds like it could be the future site of Ace Chemicals, which, as we all know, is the place where uh, the hey, Joker, in, Joker, in some versions of the story, becomes the Joker. Hey, look at this it, you know what really, really bothers me, too? The fact that I'm singing. I also noticed two typos in my look at this joke tree <laughs> while oh, no. I was reading it. Oh, so you're it's, editing while we're... Yeah, it's totally fine, though. It's totally fine, though. I'll, I'll get it edited, but uh, I'll join us it, next time it. for Look at This Joker. Look, look at, at This, this Joker! Okay, yeah. now we have something to give away uh, before we get back into the main discussion. If, if you remember, we've been uh, doing a review contest where you go and you leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We read them on the podcast, and then whoever did it, who got the best one, was going to win this poster. Now we, the How way- are we deciding between the two? Oh, oh well, we'll get to that. We'll oh, get to okay. Because so I forget. Basically, what me and Amory did <laughs> is we each went in and we picked our favorite review. We'll read them each here, and uh, then what we'll do is we'll flip a coin, and I'll have Amory call coin? it. Yeah, I have a coin okay. right here, and uh, we'll have Amory call it in the air, and then that person's going to win the poster. Poster. So uh, my uh, review—it's actually our one-star review that we got, but <laughs> but I th- it's the best one-star review you could ever yeah, have. It, it's actually pretty positive, and it's also very balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, It—it's it, it, not all. Cheers and whiskers, or whatever. Cheers but, and whiskers. But it's from Keeb1003. Uh, I'm a slight bit of a comic geek. Gotham is a good, good as a concept so far. Hopefully, the concept can last over the long haul. I don't know if it will. The podcast, however, is pretty good. Uh, yes, it may be a, a raw, raw kind of podcast, but it's a podcast about a specific show. It's supposed to be that way. <laughs> uh, Meek seems knowledgeable about comics, and AMD brings a change up from just a comic book based point of view. I dig the podcast. Keep it up. Why, thank you. Thank you very much. I was a cheerleader, so I'm very good at the raw, raw. <laughs> raw, raw, raw. Wow. Okay. Now, I'm not. my, yeah, you, not so much. Me, it's a little biased on this one. So, <laughs> this one was called Fighting the Crime of Boring Podcast by Pastor of the Batman. Pastor of the Batman. Uh, every week, Bill and Anne Marie, Cape Crusaders of enjoyable listening entertainment, will escort you on a guided tour of the seedy city of Gotham, engaging, informative, and enthusiastic. <laughs> These two Gothamites won me over with their positive perspective and their earnest desire to see Gotham succeed. Terrific balance of personalities, too. Bill is completely chic, geek, and Anne Marie is fantastically adorable, plus her voice is audibly delicious. <clears throat> audibly <Legendary>. delicious. <laughs> Hey, it wasn't me that time. Yeah, and thank you, Pastor of the Batman, thank for that you. one. Thank you. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to try and sit back here uh, so I don't knock things over. But Okay, I'll call it. You'll call it in the air? And if it's what I said, Pastor of the Batman wins. If it's not, then Keeb wins. Then Keeb wins. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Heads. 
Heads. Heads it is. Pastor, Pastor of the, the Batman. Batman. Congratulations. You've Woo! won a Gotham poster, a uh, San Diego Comic-Con Gotham poster. True uh, just go ahead. Uh, we, I, I know we follow you on Twitter and stuff. Uh, why don't you DM just, us. Yeah. Well, just go no. ahead and uh, send us an email, legendsofgotham at gmail.com with your address, and we'll get it out in the mail to you in the next couple days. Yep. And thank you to everyone who thank left you. a review. Seriously, yeah. Big help and a really great for uh, for the podcast and everything here at the beginning. Feel uh, free to keep leaving those reviews. Oh, yeah. If you any reviews you leave, we will read on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. We like to read. All right. We should get back into the main discussion here. Yes, there was a, a not only Victor Zaz, but there was another new, very, very integral, important character that everybody knows Except to the Batman universe. Wait, you don't know Leslie Tompkins? I got nothing. Doctor Leslie Tompkins? No. Nope. <sighs> Anne Marie? No. Nope. What are we going to do with you? Apparently, you're going to educate me because yeah, I, I asked have you to questions you about this earlier, and you said this I don't know. Is Leslie Tompkins a little bit older in in the comics than she is? Yeah, uh, significantly older. She's Gotham. like. A brand new doctor in this episode. <laughs> but then again, it, it is an origin story. But uh, Dr. Leslie Tompkins, uh, she is uh, known uh, – there's a couple things she's known for. One, she's known for having a very strong relationship with Bruce Wayne right after his parents died, being a friend of the Waynes. <sighs> and also uh, she's the guy – or the guy. She's uh, the doctor that Batman goes to when he has the injuries that Alfred can't <gasps> oh, take care of. Oh, OK. She's that doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is Leslie Tompkins. And I, I I was really excited to see her. I thought the actress did a great, great job with her. It, it, it's still a little bit early in her career. She's still in school, but I do like that she, she's dealing with rats. I do like that she's just like uh, all sorts of mobsters and criminals have, you know, that back alley doctor they can go to if they want to stay off the grid because Gotham, all the criminals are tapped into the grid. It looks like she's going to be the person that all the cops go to when they don't want the mob to find out where they are, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. And I, I just kind of wonder, uh, you know, when's the first time Bruce is going to go out to get in a fight or try and stop some criminals or something and she's going to have to take care of him? It's going to come soon. Yeah. But I, not I, if Alfred has anything to say about it. <laughs> uh, which we'll get to uh, talking yes. about a little bit in the news section. Oh. But yeah, it was really cool to see Leslie Tompkins. We heard she was going to be cast a few weeks back and it, it was finally good to see see her in an episode jim's a bruiser though jim's a bruiser he got yeah. shot twice and kept running yeah i i don't think i mentioned it later but i i will say that i like that the the batman trait that bruce picked up this episode was pushing through physical pain even when it's very dangerous for you yeah from jim gordon because he like in that scene in wayne manor he was like holding his side like a <laughs> well i just like that alfred even was like you're obviously in pain what can <laughs> we do for you i was expecting him to be like can i get you dinner would you like a beverage that's one very alfred one cup of tea and a croissant. Cup of tea, Master Gordon. Hmm, cup of tea. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see here. You uh, wanted to talk a, bit, a little sort bit of, about Yeah, Wayne it Banner. sort of yeah. leads right into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the relationship between, well, as we'll call them, the Wayne Manor boys um, <laughs> with Gordon and how Alfred – how does he overpower Crispus? He's that good. He's ex-military. So that I've known some military that couldn't do that. <laughs> um, no, he just like has him like basically in a headlock and mm. slams him in the car. Master Jim, are you in there? Well, I, I'm I'm sure there's a decent security system at Wayne Manor, unless you're cat girl. <laughs> so yeah, maybe it's possible that maybe he he got the drop on him too. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I, although didn't Alfred Alfred had a knife, didn't he? That could have had something to he do may with have it. Had a knife? I think he might have had a knife. Too. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so that was kind of entertaining. Spot, spot, spot of trouble then. Spot or of something. trouble. Oh, you're in a spot of trouble then. Spot of bava. Spot of bava. 
It's a bother. It, that's what a uh, bother in uh, a British accent. That's what I think. That's what Alfred said to Gordon there uh, right, at, right got after. Got you, yeah. got you. And then um, I liked how the Bruce and Gordon interactions, just you know, and he's trying to be like, mm-hmm. "These guys are going to take care of you." You expect to die? Why? I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Don't treat me like a child. You are a child. Don't treat me like a child. Like it, mm-hmm. they have a very father son relationship. Oh yeah. Or you know. Uh, favorite uncle mm-hmm. something like that um so it was kind of cute when he holds his hand out you know with respect to give him a handshake and he like crumbles uh-huh. into him crying <laughs> i was like oh so preshy yeah it, it's definitely a little little odd to see batman hugging commissioner gordon but i can dig it i can dig it it also he's 14 it, it kind of <laughs> these kind of scenes kind of kind of it helps uh, make sense of the fact that Batman's okay with taking younger people like Robin around with him later on in his career too, because he's seen he he knows he was a capable youngster, so he can probably identify them. I, I you know that line you expect to die. Mm-hmm. He said that was probably the closest that David, uh, the actor who plays mm-hmm. young Bruce Wayne, has gotten to Batman voice. You expect to die. Like it it reminded me very much of like that classic Batman voice, which yeah. was really cool to see too. He's um, perfect he nailed casting. It. Perfect Absolutely casting. nailed it. I don't think an adult actor could have, could have done it better. Not the whole character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, uh, you know, right before that scene though, <laughs> a, 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 and, uh, this is something that I, I was very excited about because, you know, we heard from Victoria earlier in the episode. We've been interacting with her and Andrew and, uh, you know, the MCU people, uh, probably most of all out of any of the cast members yeah. since before the show even uh, started. Which we welcome so, the rest of you to interact so, with us as well. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> it, but uh, because of that, it, because we had such a positive association with the actors, it was a little tough having the characters be unlikable which that's entirely the the intention Mm -hmm. i but you know it was kind of like man i hate that montoya but victoria is so nice (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we finally get redemption for the mcu characters a little bit here because Mm -hmm. they're not and they're not up against our protagonist anymore they're not up against jim gordon and it was really nice to see that montoya admitted that her personal feelings about barbara it had a lot more to do with her going after Gordon yes. so hard than uh, the death of Oswald Cobblepot or yeah. the death of Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. But so it was really good, uh, nice to see Montoya finally admit it. And I think it, it definitely made Jim realize, okay, I can trust these people. And it, well, he'd already sort of crossed that line. Yeah. <laughs> well, when they saved him. Yeah, I was going to say, my note at that was Montoya and Alan to the rescue. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think, uh, you know, even from the first episode, he's fundamentally seen that they're good cops. And it just, his personal relationships caused them to be on opposite ends of the. Spectrum. The spectrum for a while yeah. and uh yeah i, I would i will be interested to see in future episodes if the mcu people uh end up hanging out with bruce more because i think that would be kind of cool too you know because just that scene in the manor too it was kind of cool because there's future batman future specter and future question like all in one room conferring i liked it it was fun as a as a comic book, I was about to say comic booky, and <laughs> as, then there's me. I'm just watching them. I'm like, they look so. As sad. a comic book fan, I appreciated the references. As a procedurals fan, I enjoyed the copiness. The copiness. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, what you got? Let's see. No, I thought Bobby says that wasn't Leslie Tompkins. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was. I, I looked it up earlier today. I'm, I'm did pretty. Did you look sh- it up properly? I, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. Did I? Ah, uh, maybe I got it wrong. Oh. No. Oh, you were Yeah, wrong. I think I might have gotten it wrong, maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. I hope no one stopped listening to our show because I got it wrong. 
because yeah because I, I i even pulled up the actress's name and i i think i pulled up the actress's name cross-referenced the picture to who was in the episode and i was like yeah that's the same person but i didn't look at the character name that she played on gotham oh. uh, i'm an idiot i'm a complete and total idiot leslie Tompkins was not here but now you know who leslie Tompkins is so, so that's good and maybe maybe she she works with the <laughs> doctor who was in this week's episode thank you bobby hawk that's hilarious uh, definitely uh let's see no i'm embarrassed thank you bobby well we always encourage them to correct us oh for sure for and sure. we always know bobby will correct us <laughs> bobby will always correct us that's for sure Absolutely. okay uh, you had uh, you want to talk a little bit, bit about the mayor yeah mayor is hilarious mm-hmm. i love him being our comic relief because he's the mayor yes the mayor should not be your comic relief in anything they should be like the serious person and um i just like that at first he was like oh jim you scared me he's like yeah you're under oh, arrest. jim gordon it's fine what 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 what's going on and then he gets them into falcones mm-hmm. it's like i just need to see Dr. <laughs> i just need to see him and they're like what was it murder like said something about murder bleeding i don't know and that was like and he's like oh i'm late mm-hmm. for work quite an adventure guys bye <laughs> i was just like what what you how does even falcone just let him just walk out of there yeah, and R- Richard Kind's such a great comedic actor, too. Exactly. It's just funny because <clears throat> nothing else is comedic on the show. Oh, I, I was going to say, though, those there's rare moments where he does kind of take a, com- or a, a more serious turn or kind of a little unsettling just because I know him so much as a comedic Everything's actor. Everything's comedic, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say I, I'm going to di- dip into feedback here okay. a little bit just because Fee posted a comment on last week's episode that uh, was very relevant to the mayor that okay. I thought I'd, I'd address here real All quick. Right, share with the group. And uh, uh, Fee writes about the scene with Selena, uh, what, and this is from last week's episode. Well, I was curious about the box she took, and I hope it's a thing that we see again, that little silver box. I'm also curious about how she looked at Bruce's evidence board. The shot starts on the big pick of Maroney and pans across to the pick of the mayor, which has pics of Falcone and that female Wayne Enterprise employee whose name I don't remember on the other side. I, I've always thought that the mayor was pretty suspicious, so maybe I'm reading into it too much. But we've had Selena say that she saw the face of the person who shot the Waynes, and here she is pointedly lo- pointedly looking at the photo of the mayor. Also, she recognized him, uh, which, you know, you'd recognize the mayor, but not many other people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene kind of felt a bit like maybe she was checking up to see if Bruce is r- on the right track so that if he wasn't, she could uh, leave him a new clue to point him in the right direction. Now, it's a very interesting theory. Mm-hmm. One, because who would suspect the mayor? Mm-hmm. And two, what what could Falcone pressure the mayor into to – you know, have that much leverage over the mayor. Like I, I thought it was weird in the in in it that you know Falcone, this big mob boss and everything, the, they just let the mayor through the gate, no problem. Like it, that happens every other week or something. Yeah, like they're that. buddies. Yeah, they're super buddies. So Fee got me thinking. My theory now, if it turns out to be the mayor, he had to kill uh, the Waynes for some reason, and that's like the blackmail that they have on the mayor now, uh, or something like that. Like, and it was also they were also killing the Waynes for their own reason for the Arkham thing, right? All of that stuff. It all it all goes back to Arkham. It's always going to go back to Arkham for sure. It's Gotham for sure. But uh, I thought that was a little interesting point from Fee. Yeah, that's sure. really. It's really interesting, actually. Um, yeah, I think another thing that kind of makes him – he's very easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. So it just seems weird that the mayor is scared of everything and that he is <laughs> easily manipulated. But I think that mm-hmm. he may owe his election to Falcone. Yeah, and B, uh, B-Boy Rockstar says the mayor is such a tool. <laughs> Aww. 
a, li- a little bit, but hey, that's the character. But he's a pleasant tool. <laughs> he, uh. He's a pleasant, pleasant tool. Uh, well, you know, uh, something that you need a lot of tools for is uh, chicken coops. Chicken coops. <laughs> and we had a lot of chicken coops, a lot of, a lot, uh, of a lot of chicken maintenance this episode. And uh, something that I, I, I thought was interesting is not only did we have Falcone taking care of chickens like the whole episode, but there was kind of a big bird motif. All over the place, because okay? of course we have the chickens in the in the trunk or in the truck and the hen house, and then fish is actually dressed like a rooster. Like those are like rooster feathers on her shaw there, and her posture is like this, almost like a chicken, almost like a chicken flapping its wings. And no, I think this is completely intentional. And of course, there's the penguin, who's another type of bird. But uh, Falcone uh, in the episode, the entire episode, he's grooming his chickens. Just like he's groomed fish all along, as we learn in the end of the episode when the penguin, we find out that the penguin and Falcone have been working together to get back at fish. Mm-hmm. So there, that's very intentional that she's like a chicken there, you know, like her posture is just like the like I'm trying to do it in the camera a little bit, but it's very much like a chicken. And, you know, her shaw is like a chicken. He's grooming his chickens. His chickens are his agents out in the world. And, uh, Chicken, uh, chicken's coming home to roost, I guess. And uh, he also personally, uh, to extend this metaphor as so far that would... it breaks, yes. uh, he also has two foxes in his own hen house right now. One is Liza and the other is Oswald. One of them's going to be uh, taking, taking off some chicken heads sometime soon. I'm sure of it. Wow. Absolutely sure of it. Wow. So Falcone's chickens. Falcone's chickens coming soon. <laughs> so speaking of Liza... Do you think she really is the fox in the hen house? <coughs> Please don't die. Please don't die. Um, <laughs> um, do you think she really is doing stuff for fish or if she's kind of free agenting a little bit? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think uh, when you send someone in deep undercover like that, it's going to appear that way. Okay. For, for sure. Like I did think she seemed – a, a, even a little more fakey than she did the last time we saw her when she first met him mm-hmm. in the, in this episode. Like, uh, it, go go ahead and uh, continue your thought. Uh, that was the majority of my thought. That I was mean, the majority. That was of the majority. I didn't have much. Sorry. Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, no. and I mean, I like that he was like you know admires mm-hmm. her for being brave and not being phased by anything that was going on. Yeah. The I, muffins. I actually expected them to be poison muffins. See, I think Falcone knows. I think he. I think he. De- I. I even. You know. I was saying earlier that the penguins eventually going to double cross him. I think he knows that too. I think. I think. You know. He's the smartest guy in the room. You yeah. know for sure. And I. Th- I think he's just waiting, letting everybody play their cards, and then he's going to play back. Yeah. yeah. But so I. I also think that's because I think it's this episode they mentioned that she hasn't been. Uh, it, Yes, they have servicing not been him romantically or anything like and that at all. Yeah, and he hasn't been he likes interested. To watch me cook and clean. Yeah, and I th- I think the reason is is that he knows exactly who sent her and why she's there and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and he's he's playing her too. Oh yeah. Okay, so there's that. Excellent. Okay, so let's see here. Well, actually, I have a very precise arbitrary scale this week because oh, it's so specific. Well, well, it was a a specific number and a very dark, twisted thing. Specifically in the episode, so I felt I had to go with it. Okay, out of 28 arm lacerations, how many arm lacerations would you give this episode, Amory? 25? Why? Because it was awesome. It was totally awesome. It was totally it? awesome. Sorry, I'm putting them in the chat for them. Oh, that's totally fine. Like, uh, um, they always ask when I don't put it in. <laughs> um, 
there was so much going on. Like, mm-hmm. I, I had to go to bed early. I was tired. So I had to wait and watch it later. And you were like, the first 15 minutes are amazing. And I'm like, yes, yes, they are. They are. And then you're like, did you see that last scene? I'm like, oops, I may have dozed off and had to watch it again. I've been really tired. Um, <laughs> and it just took the whole thing and went. I'm like, how did I fall asleep? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always the mark of a good series when they can have one scene that completely changes the, the entire, entire series. series. Yeah. One scene. It was it, amazing. And uh, it, well, I'll go ahead and give my arbitrary scale. For sure. or, uh, I'm going to give it the full 28 arm lacerations. What? In, in fact, I'm going to pretend that she killed Jim Gordon or he killed Jim Gordon and give it 29 That's because this was just such a good episode. Why do you have to kill Jim? Like, like you were saying with the first 15 minutes felt like its own short film. Uh-huh. The last five minutes completely recontextualized everything. And I just I, I absolutely loved it. I, I where they got to in this episode, I thought this was going to be like where we were at the mid season finale. Yeah. I and it's just like if they're accelerating it this much, I, I can't even imagine where things are gonna go next week. Like it it's gonna be intense. It's gonna be crazy. Absolutely intense. Crazy. Okay, we're going to get to the news here. I just want to mention quickly, uh, we want to thank Audible for sponsoring this week's episode of Legends of Gotham. Thank you, Audible. Uh, to, to get a free 30-day trial and get a free audiobook so you can try out their service, go to audibletrial.com slash Gotham. We're not going to do the big spiel, the big recommends this week since we're already running a little long. But now, on to the news. News. Okay, first up, the ratings, and they're up for the first time ever. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Fox's Gotham uh, this Monday drew 6.6 million total viewers and a 2.4 demo rating, uh, uh, rising 10 and 9% respectively week to week. It's also the first time they've ever had an uptick in ratings. That's awesome. And I think this is – I don't have the exact numbers beside me here, but I'm pretty sure this is right around where Selena Kyle, the second episode, was. Oh, really? Yeah, if I remember correctly. Mm. But uh, good stuff. Good Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Next up, we're going to uh, look at the promo here. Now, we're not we... going to show you the promo, mm-hmm. but we're going to look at it and tell yeah, you Yeah, we'll happens. narrate it for you, so so you don't have to. Okay. Harvey's kind of paranoid about Falcona, looks like. Uh, there's a lot of city shots. Oh, 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 oh. Here, I'll fix it. Then uh, Fish and Penguin are hanging out in the club, and it looks like Fish is going to get a little violent with a hat pin there. Oh, and uh, oh. people with baseball oh, bats looks like maybe Black Mask could be from the comics. Uh, there's Liza with a vial of something. Oh, oh uh, Bruce. <clears throat> Bruce wants to learn how to fight from Alfred. Well, you know, it's a good person intense, to learn Intense. Intense episode. <laughs> yeah, and the episode's called The Mask. It's going to be up next week. If you want to look at that promo, you can get it in the uh, show, show notes at legendsofgotham.com for this week's episode, which is episode uh, 13. Okay, a couple things I wanted to show off here real quick. Now, as you all know, this past weekend was uh, Halloween, and some of the cast members decided to go ahead and dress up for it. Now, first up, uh, we have Ben McKenzie, which is probably my favorite. I'll see if I can zoom in a little bit here. He it was dr- awesome. He dressed up as classic comic book Commissioner Gordon with the mustache, the white hair, everything. And it looks on, it almost looks like that's the, his Commissioner Gordon suit he's wearing underneath the trench coat a little bit which is totally fun. 
And uh, then uh, we also had Sean Pertwee, Alfred, uh, dressed up as his own uh, father, John Pertwee, uh, the third doctor, I believe. And uh, he looks the spitting image like I wonder it's if amazing. That, I wonder if that's actually an old costume it or if it's just is. like a facsimile. No, I'm sure he can get access mm-hmm. to the real costume or yeah, to probably. one properly made. <clears throat> Although when I was looking at this not zoomed in, it looked like his arm somehow like disappeared behind the couch, but the couch was way behind him in like some sort of weird dimensional thing. No, well, but, Doctor Who. Doctor Who, mm-hmm. Doctor, and uh, finally, uh, let's see here. Uh, we we have a couple more stories here. Uh, we did uh, right before we went live tonight. We did get the first pictures of Harvey Dent Harvey. as uh, uh, Nicholas uh, D'Agosto as Harvey Dent, and uh, yeah, yeah, he looks pretty Harvey Dentish. Uh, some law books behind him there. Oh yes, this is the person that you referenced when I was on jury duty this week. Yes, yes, yes he exactly. was not there. He was not there. Harvey Dent was not there. I didn't even get to see yeah. a courtroom, folks. I was kind of sad. Yeah. For uh, those that don't know, Harvey Dent uh, becomes the, the district attorney and then eventually Two-Face, uh, the villain Two-Face mm, later on yeah. down the line. And uh, speaking of uh, villains uh, coming into Gotham, we're also going to be getting this guy, oh, uh, the Scarecrow. Uh, Jonathan Crane is going to be appearing on Gotham. Uh, here uh, in a little bit, uh, Danny Cannon, I guess, uh, in an interview or a co- convention appearance or something, let this slip this week that uh, the Scarecrow was showing to? up. I, I I don't think it was a not supposed to. I don't think just don't think it was planned. Maybe. Oh. Uh, but uh, Zap to it uh, says that on Gotham, the villain will be seen as a child before he takes on the Scarecrow moniker. In fact, it's something that will be be passed on to him from his father, which will create an eventual enemy for Batman while still having a possible adversary for Jim Gordon. I definitely think that the Scarecrow could be tied in to uh, the, the psychiatrist from last week, though, especially considering that the uh, the mask that the spirit of the goat wore mm. had, had a few similarities to the scarecrow mask and i know even in in promos some people were uh confused yeah well saying that that was that was a possibility and uh you can uh, get links to that and all, all all of our other stories at legends of gotham.com uh, now every week uh, when you're done watching gotham we like you to go and run to your computer and uh shoot us an email to let us know what you think about it uh the email's legends of gotham at gmail.com the twitter's at legends of gotham Gotham. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And we have a few voicemails here uh, this week. Uh, first I one, love it, voicemails. They're great because I can... Awesome. Breathe? Wait, yeah, let my voice rest because my voice is going bad. Whoopsies. <laughs> for some reason. But uh, Dave from Michigan, save me. Hey, guys. This is Dave from Michigan. Uh, long-time listener. Huge fan calling for the Legends of Gotham podcast because I want to know if you guys picked up on the same thing I did. So I hope I get this in before you record tonight. Um, at one point during the negotiation between Falcone and Maroney, you find them, um, Penguin leans in and tells Maroney what piece of land to give Falcone. And you hear that it's crap and it doesn't, you know, it's, it's a piece of garbage, but I'll take it as a sign of good faith. But then at the end of the episode, we find out that they're working together, Falcone and the Penguin. So is there something that casual viewers don't know about Indian Hills or Village or whatever it was that he said that is going to be important for Falcone? And he wanted it from Penguin, and that's why Penguin suggested it to him, suggested it to Maroney, and got him to go along with it so easily. Just a thought. Wondering what you guys think. Have a good one. 
No, Dave, that's a really good observation. Like, it didn't even occur to me that Falcone might have been requesting Indian Hill. But when, like, would it, when would he have requested it? We just said, mm. you know, it looked like they hadn't spoke since that initial. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it was that they hadn't spoke since that initial thing. Like, See, I, that's I, how I got it. Really? That's how I got that this mm-hmm. was one of their first – this may have been their first interaction mm-hmm. since the setup. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we didn't see them walk away from each other in that scene, too, in that flashback scene. So we could that could definitely come up again or mm-hmm. something. And I mean, they could have been I, – there's email in this world, I think. Maybe. I don't know. There's cell maybe. phones, but I think it's the 70s. It's really weird. Okay, uh, thank you very much again, yes. Dave, for the thank email. You. And uh, next up is Dawn, uh, who just has some general impressions of the series just far. Hi, Bill and Anne-Marie. It's Dawn of War. I'm just catching up on Gotham. Finished episode seven, Penguin's Umbrella, just now. Thought I'd give you a call. Wow, okay, so I'm talking about the series overall here. I love the way it looks. It's, it looks fantastic. It's so comic booky. It, the characters are, too. I love that thing where it's timeless. You don't know what time period it's set in. Is it now? Is it old? Is it, who knows? I love the penguin. Don't you love the penguin? How awesome is that dude playing the penguin? Yeah, this show's really turning into what I'd hoped it would and kind of didn't believe it could. So if you guys want to be cheerleaders, I'm totally okay with that because it's awesome. Uh, that's all I have to add. All right, bye. Thank you very much, Dawn. And uh, Emery, uh, while I play, uh, Rebecca uh, sent us in a voicemail, too. You want to go through the chat and see if you can find some good comments to read? Because we do record this live on Google Plus every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. EST. And uh, we all, we, we've been getting a, a lot more active chat lately. So uh, I love the way of an active chat. I've been trying to actually respond to a little bit of it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go ahead and fi- find a few to, to uh, read out uh, after Rebecca's voicemail here. Take it away, Rebecca. Hey, it's Rebecca Johnson, and I'm calling about the Gotham episode called Penguin's Umbrella. I was sorry I missed a chance to call last week about the weird legal situation with the MCU arresting a man for murder when he didn't even have a body and their only witness was a homeless man. I mean, what was that? (laughs) But this week left me another legal question. How could Jim Gordon just plan to go arrest somebody? Was it like a citizen's arrest or did he have an order from a district attorney or a police chief? I'm not sure how all of that works. I I gonna he, stop here. He had the the, the pre signed warrants. Yeah, and I I think it was just a case he was going. He was they had these pre signed warrants that uh, were pretty much accepted as legit. Yeah, and he was just gonna take them, well, uh, fill them out, and go and do it himself. Basically, yeah. I don't think he was trying to get a crew together. <laughs> well, he even like he sort of switched into crazy face, mm-hmm. and he even acknowledged later that he kind of liked the feeling of being crazy, and yeah. he just walked up and you know everybody's looking at him like. What's this guy going to do? What's going on here now? And he makes such a big deal about mm. getting, hey, you got those blank warrants the Judge Bam yeah, Bam From signed? Alvarez. Who, who got, Alvarez. I think got a speaking line this week. He did. Uh, yeah, here they are was the line or something like that. So, okay, yeah, here. Let uh, we'll let Rebecca finish up. Yes, I will have to defer to Anne-Marie on that one. <laughs> I did enjoy that the guy who played Victor Zaz was also on The Flash playing the character called The Mist. He's pretty good, no matter which DC villain he is. And I got a good laugh out of Victor Zaz's ringtone. Was it a metaphor for Gotham City being a funky town? Look forward to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rebecca. That's awesome. And uh, did you find any uh, things I did. The I did a little bit. Um, B-Boy Rockstar um, says he'd give the episode eight bald head lacerations. Personally, I thought they should have let Gordon sweat a bit more about Barbara. 
I agree. Definitely. I agree. Like, I think, I think actually Barbara should have been out for a few episodes with the way they sent her out. Yeah. Like, like I think, I think she should have been an X factor, and then it would have been more impactful if Falcone had her down the line or something. Right. You know. Um. Let's see. And uh, Patrina asked if we're watching any other DC shows, mm-hmm. Flash or Arrow. I'm like, not right now. Well, I, Are I, you watching Flash? Yeah, I'm watching. I I've seen the first two episodes. Yeah, I was gonna of Flash. say that's not watching. That's yeah. you've seen the first two episodes. Um, <laughs> but I liked what I saw. It's basically sure. there just aren't enough hours in the day mm-hmm. because each of our podcasts take at least three to four hours a week. Yeah, but you like so, the Flash, right? I, I liked it. I mean, I saw the pilot last year when it leaked. Um, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I ain't gonna be shy. I watched it. <laughs> that's something I. They, you could probably get caught up on, you know, over I'm break sure I or could. something. Well, I so. actually, um, one of our listeners on our no, she's listening to this one too. Um, suggested another show for me. She's like, "You like procedurals? Try this one." Can't mm-hmm. remember right now off the top of my head. I oh yeah, like, that was Mystery Cat Twenty Five. There we I go. Thank you. Because I was like, I don't remember who. Now, um, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to defer until Christmas break yeah. when I don't have podcasts to do to catch up on this." Okay, did you find any more? Was that? That's pretty much about it. Okay, cool. Uh, you want to read this letter from Elizabeth for show? Scrolling, scrolling, switching pages. Elizabeth, evening all. I just wanted to make a quick distinction regarding Catgirl, Catwoman. Unlike other baddies in Gotham that are motivated by chaos or just flat out need to do evil, Selina has a solid compass of right and wrong. Yes, she is a thief. However, her motivations for doing so is to survive and spread the wealth, Robin Hood style. <laughs> in canon, this girl becomes a woman who is a pain in the ass, um, but an alley... Wait, ally. ally in times of need. This podcast has mentioned her a few times now as being one of the bad guys, but honestly, she's just not. Her canon story currently has her living in the worst part of Gotham in a brothel as a caretaker for underage girls who have no other choice but to sell their bodies for money. Her right hand girl is one of these ladies, but go out and wait, but got out and blossomed into a confident assistant who knows the streets almost as well as Selena herself. Does this sound like a villain? We see traces and foreshadowing of this exact future in each episode. She steals milk to feed her cat. She acts as a protector against Lily Taylor and Frank Whaley. Wiley. Um, Whaley. Whaley. And she watches over Bruce. Love the podcast and can't wait to hear more. Just need to chime in on the distinction. Elizabeth D.B. Oh, yeah. And I – Much appreciated. You know, I definitely – I'm aware of of that aspect of the character too, Elizabeth, for for sure. I just – it's really more of a shorthand just because she's always been associated with Batman's rogue gallery that's easier to call her a villain. But even – you know, like the Julie Newmar uh, version of the character back on the old Batman TV show. She had uh, sort of a, a moral ambiguity about her to where, yeah, she was a villain. She was a thief. But if if Batman, I don't know, just took her out on the right date, maybe she'd be a good guy. And then obviously, as you mentioned in the comics, as they've gone on, uh, she's, she's the one villain Batman wants to save the most and in modern comics he pretty much has yeah so and i think i think she's even privy to the secret these days too which which is good and yeah i definitely i i love what they've done with uh the catwoman character over the past i'd say like 10 or 12 years like ever since i I think uh the darwin cook era i I think that was the artist that when she got the uh goggles uh for as her mask and stuff like that that's when i really started to hook into the character when not, she became steampunk yeah not <laughs> not so much the the uh, kind of uh i don't know voluptuous tin skin tight purple outfit she had like, back in the 90s yeah well michelle pfeiffer had had its own thing going on too 
they're they're uh, pluses and minuses, but thank you for writing <laughs> a little bit. Okay, and let's see. Uh, Tondagasa on Twitter said uh, that uh, he re- really liked uh, the good plot development, interesting twist at the end, and some funny moments. Four kneecap shots out of five. <laughs> Nice, nice. Okay, other serious message. Serious message there. Um, Other Anne Marie says, "I've got to say that it is keeping me watching, and I love the Penguin character. He is so creepy. So everyone is snitching on everyone or playing all their so-called partners. Very confusing and interesting to see how things play out." Okay, great. And uh, as I said, uh, when you get done watching uh, The Mask next Monday night, run to your computer, email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com, Twitter at Legends of Gotham. Twitter? The- <laughs> Tweet us? You can Twitter us. <laughs> you can at use Legends the Twitter. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424 274 2352. Again, that's 424 274 2352. And I really want to thank Bobby again for correcting me on Leslie Tompkins. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm still embarrassed by that. Completely embarrassed by that. You totally should be. Okay, Emery, where can uh, uh, people find you online? <laughs> where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at amdsimone or at cchc blog, and I blog over at crunchycrafty.com. Lots of recipes, occasional crafting, lots of coffee. Okay, and as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. My Google Plus account, which is where you can uh, find our live broadcast of these, is google.com slash plus Bill Meeks. And I'll go ahead and plug uh, I, I write a series of superhero books called Dog Boy Adventures, about to come out with another one towards the end of this month called Eye of the Scarab. You can go ahead and pre order it now. Just go to dogboyadventures.com and click on Eye of the Scarab there at the front page, and it'll send you over the, to Amazon with the pre order and everything. Okay. Okay, uh, well, I guess that's about it. Thank you again, Victoria, yes, for the thank interview. Thank you so much. Can you mm. put her up again? I want to pet her again. Oh, you want to pet? Okay, hold on. Let me, let me put up Victoria I think here. That's right. Hi, Victoria. Here's Victoria. Hi, Victoria. Hi. Hi, Hi Victoria. Hi. Shake, 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 shake. Shake it up. Okay. Shake. That's going to be completely lost on the audio. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry, audio listeners. Uh, well, I guess until next time, or come back next week come back for next more week. <laughs> Legends <laughs> of Gotham. One of these days we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll get it one day.